Hello and welcome to this message from the room. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3 and then also to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And so we'll get right into the Word this morning. I'm excited to share with you just some things that God has been speaking to me throughout uh, this time of fasting. And uh, so if this morning, go ahead and get there, 1 Samuel chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting our second week of our fast and I hope this past week has went well for everyone and uh, God is speaking to you, God is challenging you, God is growing you. Uh, We want God to knock down some walls in our heart, amen, and uh, expand His residence in our life and that's what it's all about, dedicating portions of your life to Him. As I mentioned last week, whatever we dedicate to Him, God will multiply God will redeem it. God will make it holy. God will take that and He will transform our lives as a result of that. And so this morning, um, as you're already there in the Scripture, before I get there, I want to tell a story uh, to start with to kind of set the stage for what I want to talk about this morning. I like to call this story, Billy and the Fire of Destiny. Uh, That sounds epic, doesn't it? But, but in reality, it's just a harrowing tale of a young man who almost caught half the countryside on fire. Uh, I was working for Destiny Ministries, Dr. Brassfield that was with us just a, a little while ago. Uh, we had just bought a new building and uh, it was completely just a shell of a building. And we were going to revamp the inside of that building and turn it into uh, office buildings for Destiny Ministries. And uh, we had a lot of crews working that day and I was kind of overseeing... Uh, what was happening as far as the crews. We had plumbers, electricians. We had all kinds of people there. And so there wasn't any room to work inside. So I thought, well, I'm going to use my time wisely. And the grounds around there needed to be cleaned off. And so uh, I thought, well, this would be a good day. It's calm. You know, I can burn some, burn some grass. Great plan. Well, if you've ever been to Arkansas, there's not a place where there's not a tree or there at least has been a tree in that place. And so it's just covered. And so there was all this big, heavy, dry grass around, but it had rained, and so I thought it'll be okay because it has rained. You know, the water, the ground's wet, uh, even though this grass is dry. And so I had my little water hose out there, and I was being very careful because I've, I've done controlled burns before. You know, I know what I'm doing, right? And so... I'm in the back and I'm lighting these stalks of grass and they just flame up and then they'd go down. If they got wild, I'd spray them with a water hose, keep them in check and everything. Well, what I didn't understand and what I didn't know is that the plumber was about to turn the water off (laughs) to do some work inside. And so he cuts my water supply off and I'm burning grass. I've got this hose thinking I've got false security in this hose because I think I can keep this fire in control. And so I get the fire going and it starts to move into some brush and some dead sticks and stuff like that. And so I get my little hose, I turn it on and no water. I'm looking for kinks. I'm looking for what could be because now panic is starting to set in. I'm running all over the place. I finally figure out that there's no water because... I realized the plumber must have turned the water off, so I'll run inside. He's got pipes open, and we had to turn the water on. It flooded the entire Destiny Ministries, but thank God 
Thank God I was able to get the fire out. We come out there with brooms. We come out there with shovels. We come out there with the hose. We did everything we could, and we saved the acreage around there. But for weeks after that, I would wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat with flames in my mind of fire burning down the very building that we were just trying to revamp. And so today I want to preach to you a message called Catching Fire. But catching fire in a good way. Amen? Catching fire in a good way. Would you help me pray this morning? Father, I thank you, God, that you are here in this place. That, Lord, you are steering uh, this church in the direction that you want it to go. You are leading us. You are guiding and directing every step of the way. We trust you. We rely on you. We keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus. And today, I ask that, Lord, as I preach this message on catching fire, that, Lord, there would be something in the lives of each and every person that is here today that calls back to you, Father. As you call to them, we call back to you, Lord. We want more of you. We have a desire to grow and to be developed and to be on fire with the Holy Spirit for the kingdom of God. Lord, in these last days, we need a church that is on fire for God, that is ready to do something great for the kingdom. And I pray that you set a fire in this place, in every heart and every life. Let us burn for you this morning. And everybody in the house said, Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. If you're highlighting, highlight that portion of Scripture. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and verse 3, And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered and said, Here I am. The Lord is looking for some people that when he calls to them, they will respond and they will answer and say, Here I am, God. I'm ready to go with you. I'm ready to be what you've called me to be. I'm not going to look at the circumstance. I'm not going to get bogged down in the details. But if you call me, I'm going with you. I'm ready to go. Is there anybody in the house that's ready to go with the Lord this morning? Now I want to look at some scripture here out of that portion or out of that passage. And I want to talk to you a little bit about them. Verse 1, the latter part of it says, And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. I think that we can certainly relate that in the times that we're living, in the days that we're living, there is not a lot of the Lord involved in our day-to-day. There is a a lack of revelation. There is a lack of the word of the Lord being spread throughout our country. It is something that is not only being, it is rare, but also something that is being attacked as the word of God does come forth. Verse 2 says, And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. If you think back to to Scripture in Matthew, Matthew 6 says this about the eye. It says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. And the Scripture tells us here that Eli's eyes had begun to grow dim. I think that this not only represents a physical condition, certainly there was a physical condition there, but I think it is a picture of a spiritual condition that was taking place in the lives of the Israelites and quite uh, pointedly in the life of Eli himself. Eli was the, the priest. 
Eli was responsible for ministering the work of God and doing the work of God for the people. He was in charge of leading them into a relationship with God to instruct them and to keep them. And the Bible tells us that his eyes had grown dim. He had started to lose and to wane in his spiritual passion for God. He had begun to neglect the duties and the works that that he was responsible for as a priest of God. The fact that the word of God is rare and that there is no widespread revelation at this time I believe is directly tied to Eli who was supposed to be tending the things of God. Now let me make that practical for you today because here's the deal. If we're not getting through to God and if we're not having some experiences with God the first place we have to look is at our own heart. Eli's not connected to God. Why? Because he's not being faithful to take care of and tend to the things that God had put in his, his, uh, his uh, domain to take care of and under his influence to manage. And so we have to make sure that we check ourselves and we keep ourselves in a place where God can continually draw us closer to him and keep the fire of God burning bright in our lives. Verse 2 tells us this. It says also that Eli was lying down in his place. Eli was lying down in his place. No doubt about it, when you look around the world that that we're living in, we're in dark times. We're in times that 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 the revelation of God is maybe scarce where, where the things of God are not clearly seen in the, in the culture around us. And the last thing that we need to be doing in this time is laying down in our place. God has called each and every one of us to stand in our place. To stand in our rightful place and to do what he has called each of us to do. We have to connect with him. We have to find his plan for us. And we have to stay connected to the presence and the spirit of God in our lives. We have to make sure that we're not laying down on the job. But we're standing in the place, our rightful place of sons and daughters of the king. And we're doing what God has called us to do. Can somebody say amen? Verse 3. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. Before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. Fire always represents the presence of God. And we see that throughout scripture. In Hebrews, God is a consuming fire. He is God with us, or He is the God of us. In Psalms, He is the lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. He is the God that goes before us. In John, He is the light of revelation and understanding. He is the God that is revealed to us. In Acts, He is the flame of power and anointing and authority. He is the God that is in us. And so He is the God and He's always represented throughout Scripture in fire, as fire. Eli is not standing in his place now. Eli is not tending to the things of God. And as a a result of that, the lamp of God is burning out in the temple. The presence of God is being diminished in the tabernacle. The presence of God is, is being pulled away from the people of Israel. In the times, again, that we're living, we cannot let the presence of God diminish in the tabernacle. The tabernacle is not the church building. The tabernacle is the individuals that are gathered here today that comprise the church. You are the temple. You are the temple. And God has called you to be kings, prophets, and priests. 
And part of your priestly duty is to make sure that the lamp of God in your life does not burn out. That the fire of God in your life does not burn out. God looks at this situation. God looks at the circumstance. And He says, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let the fire burn out under a, an, a, an apathetic priest. I'm not going to let the fire burn out in the presence of someone who won't do their due diligence and take care of my business. He says, I'm going to find someone who will respond to me. I'm going to find someone who will tend to my business. God is always looking for people who will respond to Him. God is looking for a group of people that will tend to His business. If you want God to move in your life, you just simply have to respond to Him. God's always calling. God's always working. God's always speaking. God's always trying to do something in you. And it's just a matter of responding to that presence and responding to His will, responding to His plan. God is always working. It's our job to respond to that and make sure that we're in line with Him and step with His Spirit and keeping in step with that very same Spirit. God says, I'm going to find someone who will respond to me, who will tend to my business. Someone who will take serious the duties of the priesthood and will keep the fire burning so my presence is strong among my people. When you go back to Leviticus, and I'm sure that many of us have not gone back to Leviticus. That's a rough place to go. (laughs) But God commanded Moses... And he told, told him in, in several different places, but I pulled two for you, that the fires of the temple were never meant to burn out. When God f- first established his temple, the first temple and the second temple, God did not allow the people to light the fires. He did that by his own supernatural ability. And so when they would call upon him and they would cry out to him in the dedication of the temple, God would send the fire and he would, he would light the fire. But it was the job of the people never to let that fire burn out. Only God can light the fire. But we have to make sure it doesn't go out. It's God's job to light the fire. But it's our job to make sure it doesn't burn out. In Leviticus 6 and 12 he says, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. And lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't let it go out. All right. Chapter 24, verse 2 of Leviticus says, Command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light. To make the lamps burn continually outside the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of meeting Aaron shall be in charge of it from evening until morning before the Lord continually it shall be a statute forever forever in your generations he shall be in charge of the lamps on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord continually keep the fire burning and keep the flame hot and so this morning I want to talk to you just two things how do we keep the fire burning burning how do I keep the fire burning in my life go ahead and turn with me now to 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 2nd <coughs> Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 I'm going to read to you from the NIV this morning this particular passage of scripture it says for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God 
which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, that God gave us, does not make us timid, but it gives us power, it gives us love, and it gives us self-discipline. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. In order to keep the fire from burning out, the first thing we have to do is fan the flame. You've got to fan the flame this morning. Fan the flame, fan the fire into a flame. If you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, there is automatically an ember in your life. There's already a remnant of a flame there. There's already something to work with this morning. If you've given your heart to Jesus and you've called upon Him and you've confessed your sins and you've invited Him into your heart, then when He did, He put the fire of God in you at some level. But that's not enough for us this morning. It's not enough for us just to have a salvation experience and then stop short there, to stop and stay there, to camp out in that place. God's called us to deeper and better things. He's called us into a richer relationship with Him. And so don't just take the little ember that you've been given, but take that ember and fan it into flame this morning. Get on fire for God today. Let the fire of God burn bright in you and do something that matters for the kingdom of God this morning. You've been given a fire, but you have to be the one to fan it into a flame. I love to watch uh, on the survival shows and different ones when guys make the fire by friction. Because it truly is an art form when you can take nothing but sticks and you can make a fire out of it. And so those guys, they'll get together, they'll build their set, they'll get their tinder bundle together and they'll get everything ready and then they'll start working and they'll work that fire and they'll, they'll build that, that uh, friction hot enough that a little coal starts out. And I love it when they finally get that coal. You'll see little wisps of smoke coming up and it doesn't look like much. And then they'll take that and they're super gentle with it. And they'll take that hearthboard and they'll drop that coal real gently into that fire bundle and they'll cradle that and they'll, they'll take care of it and they'll watch it and they'll just be gentle with it and they'll gently begin to blow. And they'll blow and they'll turn and get out of the wind and then they'll put a little little uh, tinder on top of it just right and they'll work it and work it and work it and before long that thing takes off and it turns into a flame. It's the same way in our walk with God. God's given you an ember. And in the beginning you've got to be gentle with it. You've got to be careful with it. You've got to treat that as though it's precious. When you're in those situations that those guys are in, fire is precious. But I've come to tell you today that we're in a situation today that the fire is still just as precious. We need the fire of God more today than we've ever needed it in our life. And so we get that. We get that salvation experience and we're tender with it. But you've got to cultivate that. You've got to develop that. You can't just sit on it and hope that that will get you into heaven. You've got to develop your relationship with God to deeper and deeper places. You've got to expand your abilities with Him. You've got to expand your capacity for Him. You've got to grow in your knowledge and understanding of the Lord. And so that's what they're doing. They're taking that ember and they're cultivating it. They're just just working it over and over again. But before long, all of that stuff, all of that hard work, all of that energy, all of that, 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 that work that's gone into this process comes together and causes a flame to come forth. And it's the same way in our walk with God. As we put the energy in and the effort in, God begins to build in us the flame that we need. Paul says to Timothy, 
He says, you have an ember now working in your life. I can see that. But it's not enough for you just to have the ember. You need to fan that into flame. I need you to burn for God. I need you to be a light in this dark world. Let them see you for all that God has intended you to be. No, don't shrink back from being all that God has intended you to be. There's always going to be trials that come your way. There's always going to be people that stand in your way. There's always going to be different circumstances that get in your way. You're going to get in your own way sometimes. All of those things are going to be true. But you've got to stay focused on what is ahead of you. God has an intention for you. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. God has some place that He's trying to take you from and to take you to. And you've got to journey with Him in that process. Let God build that flame inside of you today. I encourage you to fan the fire into flame. God has started a good work in 2016. I'm going to need to hear more amens than that. I said God started a good work in 2016. If you can't see it, then you've got to declare it by faith at the very least. Amen. Each of us has been given an ember. And so let's turn it into a roaring fire. Fan into flame the gift of God. Specifically, specifically, Paul is addressing the, the, the Holy Spirit in the life of Timothy. Don't make the Holy Spirit a quiet bystander and a silent partner in the work you are doing and the life you are living. But fan that gift of flame in you until He is burning so bright that all the world can see. Acts 2 and 1 tells us about another supernatural fire, a day when dedication led to the lighting of a flame in the lives of people. And that was on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2 and 1 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole place where they were sitting. Then there appeared, listen to this, verse 3, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one set upon each of them. God lit the tabernacle again. God lit the temple again. He sent supernatural fire into the lives of people. And he said to us in Samuel and in Leviticus, he told us that we're to keep that fire burning continually. Never let that fire go out. But you keep that fire burning. It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The fire of the church is burning this morning. The world needs some people who will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and in fire. People full of the power and the anointing of God. So fan the flame. The second thing this morning in order to keep fire burning is you have to tend the flame. Fires only burn as long as they are tended to and taken care of. Fires will not burn unless they're fed a constant diet of fuel. Fires will not burn if they are not taken care of. Fires only burn when they're tended to and taken care of. Eli was neglecting the fire in God's temple. He was neglecting the fire in the tabernacle. Paul says Timothy starting, he sees Timothy starting to neglect the fire in his own life. And he says, look, you've got to fan that into flame. And you have to tend that fire. And so how do I do that? How do I tend to fire? I think everybody's probably had a campfire at one point or another. And if you don't put wood on the fire, it's going to burn out. If you don't tend it and keep it together and manage it, it's not going to do well for you. And so a fire must constantly be fed. 
And that's why God said in the passages that I read to you from Leviticus in, the, in verse 12 of chapter 6, He says, the priest shall burn wood on it every day. You've got to put some wood on your fire every day. The Word of God being read is, is wood to your fire. Spending time with God in prayer is wood to your fire. And if you're not doing those, those flames are going to burn dim. They're going to burn out and eventually they're going to go grow cold. The fire must constantly be fed. He goes on to say in chapter 24 and verse 3, Aaron shall be charge of it from evening until morning before the Lord continually. You've got to manage it on a regular basis. So feed the fire. Make sure you're putting in your heart the things that keeps the fire of God burning hot. Did you hear me this morning? I said you've got to make sure that you're putting into your heart the things that feed the fire of God. Not the things that, that quench the fire of God. The scripture tells us to be careful not to quench the, the, the Holy Spirit. We don't want to quench anything that God's trying to do in our lives, but we want to come alongside Him and feed that. In other words, we don't need wet wood added to our fire. We need the right fuel. Amen? Never leave a fire unattended. It requires daily investment, daily management. It requires a dutiful response and a faithful attendance. You have to pay attention to the fire. Neglect it and it will burn out. Don't think, don't think that just because you're in the temple dressed like a priest, the fire will automatically burn. It has to be paid attention to. Throughout the Old Testament, we see time and time again where people were in the right places, they understood the right ideas, the right protocols, they understood how to look the part, but when it came down to the business end of actually doing what God had called them to do, they would neglect that, they would fall short of that, and before long they were in a mess because of the neglectful attitude towards the things that truly matter to God. We can find ourselves in the same place. If we neglect to spend time with God, if we neglect to spend time worshiping the Lord, if we neglect to spend time in God's presence, with God's people, in God's house, somebody say amen to that. You've got to be faithful to the house of God. You've got to be faithful to the things of God. And if you will do that, you won't have to work hard to get a flame burning in your life. You'll get one automatically. That is the process of fanning into flame. That is the process of tending the flame. The fire of the Holy Spirit can be fanned into flame, but it, almost, it also must be tended to. In other words, listen to me this morning, because I think this is where we struggle a lot of times as Christians is that it's not a one-time experience. Our relationship with God is not a one-time experience. And so many times, I think in the Pentecostal realm especially, we get saved, that's one experience. We get filled with the Holy Spirit, that's another experience, and we're good. I can coast now into heaven. But that's not what the Lord tells us in the Scripture that it must be a constant renewing of those experiences on a regular basis. We have to come in contact with God on a regular basis. We have to come into His presence and experience Him as an ongoing part of our lives. 
not just a one-time event or a couple of times event, but something that is a part of our daily routine and a lifestyle for each and every one of us. It's an ongoing experience, a daily experience in which I feed the fire every day of my life. Zamber, would you come? Is she there she is. She's moved on me. Trying to trip me up this morning. The world needs a church that's on fire for the Lord. I said the, the world needs a church that's on fire for God. And here's another part of that is the church needs people that are on fire for God. The church is only as good as its people. As its people. And so we have to be people that are on fire for the Lord. The, the world needs a church that is making a difference. And so this morning I want to ask you, who here will say, I want to burn bright for God. I want the fire of the Holy Spirit burning bright in my life. Burning bright in me. Eli, Eli was going to let the fire of God go out, but God called to Samuel. God is calling to some Samuels this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 3 says, Before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle, verse 4, the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. Stand with me across this place today. I want to ask you, Who here will say, today who here will say today in the presence of God that is in this place here I am here I am Lord I am ready I am available I am open I am ready for more of you God who will fan the flame and tend the flame so the presence of God can be seen and felt in a world that desperately needs it our world needs what we have. I said our world needs what we've got. It needs what we have this morning. We need the fire burning bright in us. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving chat. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Come to